Just Man's the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Just Man's the Podcast. It's your host, Amanda, and today we have my very lovely friend, Sam Dowd, on the podcast. Hi, guys. <laughs> Happy to be here. So Sam and I, we have been known in college with our group of friends as like the wellness gurus, the people who just really love self-care and love health and wellness. 100%. I feel like we're known as those people that'll just like try any weird thing. And like Amanda and I are just so like... We're in tune with our health, and we really like to feel the best that we can possibly feel, and that's <laughs> brought us to a lot of weird places, and we've tried a lot of weird things, but that's definitely a passion of ours. I mean, it's fitting. We're, we're drinking matcha right now, oh my God, you know? So but before we get into the episode about wellness, what the fucks, and if you guys are like, what the fuck is wellness, what the fucks, <laughs> basically, we're going to go into all the taboo wellness shit that we've done, just like the alternative ways, because I think that really encompasses our viewpoint on health and wellness. We we love to look at the alternative ways that we can improve our well-being. Mm-hmm. So before we go into that, we do want to talk about voting briefly. And this is not a politics podcast by any means, but I feel like it is my responsibility as someone who has a platform to speak on it and just encourage you all to vote because it's so important and we all need to do our part. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm just obviously everyone knows that the election is happening on November 3rd. If you haven't already voted by mail. So you have to get your mail in ballot in before November 3rd. Or so can you do it on November 3rd? If you're mailing in your ballot, you really want to make sure that your ballot, uh, if you haven't gotten it, you really need to get it like right now and send it in because that takes a lot of time to process and you don't want any delays um, when it comes to actually counting votes. But I'm voting in person. At the UMC in Boulder on November 3rd, and I'm really, really excited. And, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I've always been really impassioned by politics and really, really into it. And I think it's really, Amanda and I both agree, just, I, I don't know, there's definitely a civic duty. And um, even more so, I think we're both of the camp that not only should you be making a decision, but it should be an informed decision. I think... What I was telling Sam beforehand, I grew up voting for the candidate, not mm-hmm. necessarily the issues. And granted, this is the only second election that I'm able to vote in. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this time around, well, not think, I know I'm making it a point to do my research and vote based on the issues that I believe in. I mean, mm-hmm. let's let's all be honest. Nobody likes the candidates. <laughs> Whether Literally. you're voting Trump or Biden, no one likes either. But that's not the point. The point is, is there's still issues behind those people that they're representing that you need to make sure that you are completely on board with Mm -hmm. when you're voting one of those people. And I know that people don't want to vote because they don't like the person and they don't like that. It's literally the lesser of two evils. But again, if you want anything to change or you want things to stay the same, maybe Mm -hmm. you have to vote for it. It's not going to just happen with you just sitting on your ass and not doing anything about it. And I, and I think you bring up a good point. I mean, (laughs) I know a lot of people don't like either candidate, and I know that it's really, really easy to get caught up in the personal characteristics of a candidate, you know, whether you like them or you don't. But I'm really of the opinion that, you know, they're <laughs> while they do have decision-making power, they're really a, spokes- a spokepiece. Mouthpiece? Mouthpiece? Yeah. <laughs> a spokesman? A mouthpiece? 
for the party. And there are just so many people behind, you know, the decisions that are going to be made by this president. You have a whole party, you have a slew of, you know, senators, representatives, all putting input. So that is the reason why I say pay attention to the issues and less so, you know, the personal characteristics of the president-elect or, you know, whomever. If somebody who was like me, who isn't really into politics, wants to learn more about each party and each candidate, where would you suggest them to look for that? I love Politico. That is such a good um, kind of across-the-aisle neutral website that you can search up any candidate, whether it's, you know, Hickenlooper, Gardner, you know, anyone. And they'll have every kind of um, succinct, you know, press release about them recently and there's like a button that you can press that literally just says issues and especially you know with the two candidates who are running for president you have literally these they're so easy to follow you press on the issues button and it'll literally just say like healthcare, and one line after you know kind of consolidating exactly what they think you know immigration yes no you know it's very, very so an unbiased unbiased and you know just according to literally what the candidates have said you know there's no opinion giving at politico and so it's just exactly what the candidates have actually said in their own words and it's really just very easy to find out exactly what they mean because i mean I'll, i'll be the first to admit you know when you're listening to a candidate talk about an issue it there's so much you know crap that you just don't even understand and they have to say and so much jargon so much going back and forth and banter and i'm just like okay like do you support this or do you not support this and that's a really easy place to figure that out you can also go to their like individual websites those will usually which you know what's interesting i went on biden's website and a lot of what was under the issues was trump believes this trump did this wrong and that's the problem that i've had with these these debates is Mm -hmm. They can't keep each other's names out of each other's mouth. And when they're asked a question about your health care or about immigration, they always fall back to, well, this is what the other person did or what the, mm-hmm. this is what the other person's policy is and this is wrong. Right. That wasn't the question. What is yours? Because mm-hmm. I'm not voting on you based on what he's doing. I'm voting on you for what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Convince me of your own policies, right. not why I shouldn't vote for the opposing party's policies. Right. You know, I, I think that was something interesting that I was noticing even in the debate last night that I can tell Biden is trying hard to kind of, you know, look into the camera like we were just talking about. For all of you guys around the table, (laughs) folks, wondering where you're going to get your next diapers. And every statement with, oh my God, my roommate and I were like, the American people. (laughs) It's like, um, Oh God, I forget what he said. I don't said. know why. Why am I giving him a southern accent? Does he have a southern accent? No, like literally not at all. I'm okay. pretty sure he's from like. <laughs> oh, he's from Scranton and something else because oh. he wouldn't <laughs> shut up about it last night. Okay. Well, anyway, yeah, totally not southern, and he is really, I can tell, trying to, you know, not only which I appreciated, I guess, like he's totally saying, you know, Trump doesn't have a plan. Trump doesn't have a plan. Here's my plan, which is the, yeah, which is the part of last night that I was appreciating more but I agree I mean I think when I'm looking at the issues and trying to decide who to vote for I don't want to hear why the other side is bad I want to hear why your side's good so to wrap this up Politico that's a good resource Politico is great you can go to the actual websites of the candidates everyone's got their own website that's usually a place but but granted as you were just pointing out those are obviously going to be skewered to (laughs) 
you know, look good in the favor of whichever candidate's website you're on. So Politico is a really good unbiased place to do that. That's the first thing I said. And then, um, that's from uh, Duck Dynasty. Did you never watch that as a kid? Get cultured, Sam. Yeah, I didn't want to watch people like (laughs) driving through the fucking bayou. Like, that's what you watch in, in Florida. That's yeah, what you that, watch in the South. That's not what you want to watch. Okay, guys. Um, Sam tried my breast milk. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I didn't realize we were going to share that with everyone. But uh, in full disclosure, I did try Amanda's breast milk. And it was actually really, really good. And it's like a lot sweeter than I thought it was going to be. And I wasn't like gulping it down. (laughs) You put a straw in it. Actually, our matchas this morning were made with breast (laughs) milk. It's fine. No, I mean Lucas had done it. It was sitting there, like she was busy with the baby. What would Lucas do? I was like, what would Lucas do? And I did it, and I have no regrets. This is titled "Wellness What the Fucks," and I think that definitely deserves a wellness what the fuck. Where did wellness start for you? Um, actually someone just asked me this. I, so I, I mean, I've always really liked being healthy and like feeling healthy, but it wasn't until kind of second semester, my freshman year of college, actually, that I started getting like a lot. I think my body was also just like, I'd kind of been eating whatever way I wanted to drinking, however much I wanted to for so long that I I think I reached a kind of a breaking point with my body and I started to kind of feel the effects more of like drinking really heavily and eating kind of, you know, not the best. So it was around that time that I definitely became more in tune with like how I was feeling and how that was connected to what I was inputting into my body. Before that, I was always athletic. I mean, Amanda and I like met on the volleyball team at CU, the club team. Let's go buffs. We're not like D1 or anything, but. No, we are D1. No, no. They don't oh, know that. Oh, never mind. Yes, we <laughs> met on the <laughs> official varsity volleyball team and we've been friends ever since. And so, I mean, I've always been athletic. I've always liked eating healthy, but I was definitely not super aware of how it was all affecting my body and my athletic performance until kind of second semester of my freshman year. What about you? So I've explained this a lot of the podcast before, but my wellness journey definitely started <laughs> freshman year of college when mm-hmm. I went to SCAD right. and I gained like 25 pounds because not because I was partying and drinking, actually, mm-hmm. I was doing that. And then I felt like crap, my gut health kind of deteriorated, mm-hmm. but I gained so much weight because I was yo-yoing with all these different diets. So my wellness so journey definitely started toxic. Mm-hmm. And then it's come to a place now where I eat what I want, but I eat well. And yeah. I, I move my body as much as I want, but I do it often. Right. You know, I've come to a point where it's more balanced and I hate that word because balance is so hard for people to find when right. you're when you're in the trenches of your wellness journey and totally. like you're trying to figure out what works for you. Balance is like the last thing you want to hurt here. But you do come to a point where like you figure out what works for you, for you and that's where I'm at now. Mm-hmm. I want to get into all of the crazy things that we've done because Growing up, my mom has always been into wellness and I think that's also where it stemmed from. Yeah. My mother like you know, we would get the like the healthier versions of pasta, or we would get almond milk instead of milk growing up. Like, and that was big back then. She was she was always like that. Always like that. I didn't know that. Yeah, she was. Well, like I know she's like that now, but she was she was always like that when I was growing up, not when she was like growing right. up. 
because she was eating like literally raw hot dogs out of oh, the freaking can. Back then too. Yeah. yeah, back then it was like the standard American oh, my, diet, like oh, meatloaf. God. Oh God, literally. I did I tell you? I asked my dad like, like a little a couple weeks ago. I was like, what did you used to? eat when you were <laughs> when you were younger because like, if you have not asked your parents that you need to yeah <laughs> you will be disturbed yep and you won't be able to sleep no it, it like his diet and granted like he came from a very like just mean potatoes like it was crazy yeah and, like no vegetables like they would never go out for like anything that wasn't american food so they go to like a steakhouse they would always go to a steakhouse like I, and my mom it's actually it's really interesting how this varies regionally because she grew up in Arizona. So obviously Mm. like there was a lot more Mexican American influence there. So she would grow up eating, you know, all these different types of food from different areas of the country and different areas of the world. And my dad who was like raised in New Jersey and England, like would not their, his parents did not deviate from that and they didn't have a taste for anything else. So that was a little tangent. So did he know what veggies were? Like, literally, no. He hadn't had, like, the big joke in my family is, like, he hadn't had Thai food until he was, like, 27, like, when him and my mom went out for the first time. It was crazy. He didn't eat vegetables. Even today, he, like, doesn't. You know what's funny, though? I don't think I had Thai food until we got it that one time after the football game, and it was was the best thing of my life. Remember when we tried to eat it at my house, and I lived in a literal... Frat house. Frat house. You had no furniture. But I had no furniture and like, oh god! I literally so looked at Sam. I go, do you do you like want to go to my place? Well, it was funny because you were like, I, I, at first I was like, let's go to your place, and you're like, no, 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 like I want to see your place. Like you have a new place, like living off campus. And I was like, okay, and we literally get there, sit down for five seconds, and you're like, so do you want to go to mine? I'm like, actually, I have like a TV, I'm and like, I have I have a couch oh, and like blankets. We can call it like you know so get cozy in. Oh my god, that was so funny. But yeah, that was the first time I had. Thai food and you know what's funny since then I've discovered that you know how you ask for a gluten-free yeah the wide noodles are gluten-free yeah I feel no no no. we didn't ask for a gluten-free I have since getting it with you that one time I've always asked for a gluten-free and they gave me the skinny ass noodles okay well and the thick ones are are rice yeah but when I ask for gluten-free why do they give me the other ones if they're already gluten-free maybe because they think that you're like crazy and weird and, and need really like the skinny. actual and, like yeah. gluten-free but but you what i thought your thing was is that you didn't want the egg noodles no you would always i love be like, egg noodles oh, i'm forgetting do you know what maybe that was when i was vegan yes that's that's what you were asking wasn't it if they were okay. gluten-free okay and you'd be like i need the yes because we'd vegan. get co- we'd get tofu yes and okay. i remember you'd be like is there egg in this and i'd be like no they're rice noodles so okay. it wasn't gluten-free. It was vegan. I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, that just goes to show you that I've literally tried everything. Literally. You have <laughs> literally tried every single like variation of this. So we'll get into diets later, but I want to talk about... So again, my, my mom was a very, you know... This, my shoulder hurts. I'm going to go to this alternative doctor. Not like I'm going to go to the medical doctor and get a cortisone shot because she tried that right. and it didn't work so then she would go she used to have this guy called dr o and it was <laughs> funny so because my dad would always make fun of my mom because she's the type of person that like if her pinky toe and her left foot is hurting her she's gonna go to a doctor to figure it out yeah. immediately get yeah. it fixed that's answers. how i am i want answers my dad is like not that way and he would always make fun of her because she'd be like Oh, my shoulder hurts. And he'd be like, oh, she's got to go to Dr. S, Dr. Shoulder. Oh, oh my uh, my head hurts. I got to go to Dr. H. Like, they, there was a letter and a doctor for every, every body part. Sure. So 
Yes, my mom was very into the alternative medicines and just alternative practices to wellness and self-care. And that's where I kind of, you know, got introduced to it all. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, in college, I kind of was able to explore those different practices for myself. The first one I want to talk about is colonics. I was literally going to say, you should kick this all off with talking about colonics. Kick this off with the tube being shoved up your asshole. I have, <laughs> just for the record, never tried this. And it sounds like something I really want to do, but I've never done it. So I'm going to leave this one to you to explain this. According to Cedars-Sinai, which is like the big yeah. hospital in California, practitioners boast a variety of supposed health benefits for colonics because including removing toxins from the body, improving the immune system, helping with weight loss, improving digestion, boosting mood, and even reducing the risk of colon cancer. Oh my God, that's like everything. It's everything that you need. They have photos usually in there, in the room, of these colons that are so cancerous. Oh my God. It is the most disgusting thing ever. What does a colon even look like? It's long as hell. It's long as hell. Mm-hmm. It's so long. Yeah, your colon literally like is more than a foot long. I'm... I guess I've just never, <laughs> never spent time visualizing it. We need to like get a whole skeleton yeah, anatomy in here. And yeah, <laughs> some visuals. Yeah, but anyway, my experience with colonics was because I used to struggle a lot with bloating, so I was introduced to it from my mother, mm-hmm. who would go and get these colonics all the time. Right. Again, my dad would make fun of her for getting a tube shoved up her ass and like Definitely. literally having massive blowouts because that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Because he would be like, oh, I have a I have a colonic every single day just because I you know whatever. <laughs> My dad probably is like, why is my daughter talking about my own shits on her podcast? He's going to be so upset. <laughs> anyway. It's a good thing. Anyway. So I learned these about these colonics through my mom. And initially I was so scared about them because, I mean, it's not, an, it's not a comfortable thing. No, it sounds scary. And if you tell somebody like, you know what? I have really bad gut issues and I'm so bloated. I think I'm just going to go get a tube shoved shit up my ass right and then like ass. shit everything out. People are going to be like, oh, sexy. Ex- yeah, people are going to be like, excuse me. So it's not really like the most, it's very taboo. Well, and also I think like before, like I remember when you started getting colonics and you would obviously come back and tell me about them. And I really was just associating before you started doing it. I thought getting a colonic was definitely more of like a medical thing. Like I thought you only really did it like before, you know, I was definitely thinking of like a colonoscopy, but like, <laughs> yeah. like before surgery or something, yeah. I was clearly confusing all of my terms, but like I didn't realize that people did it so frequently that it was like, obviously it's like invasive, but like I just thought it was a much more serious and less casual thing than it actually is. So what happens basically is you go in and I think everyone does it differently. There's two different ways you can do it, a closed system and an open system. The open system is basically like a straw-sized tube that goes up your butt, and you are sitting over a toilet. You're laying over a toilet. It's not the size of that. Sam and I are drinking like – we're drinking our matchas out of these silicone straws, and they're a little wider than the actual tube that the colonic in an open system is. That's not bad. Yeah. They're a little bit – smaller or these are a little bit bigger Got it. so in the open system what happens is is you are laying over this basically toilet it's basically like a sink that all of your bowel movements fall into it's called the toilet yeah yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would be the word <laughs> that would be the word but basically you're laying on it and they turn on the water and the water goes 
through this big irrigation system basically and goes through the tube up inside of you. And what happens is, is the water is like, I think a hundred degrees at least. Oh my God. And what it does is it loosens everything up in there. And so think about it when you're really backed up, it's usually cause you have really hard, solid stools oh that can't pass. Yeah. So what it does is it loosens everything up and then you start to feel really crampy. And then literally you get the sensation that you need to push. You need to like, just get everything out. And it's just like, Gates are open. Gates, floodgates are open. No idea it was heated. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Completely new. Yeah. Element to the situation that I didn't even know about. Yes. And then a closed system is basically a bigger tube that goes up your butt, and you basically eliminate through that tube. Oh. So it's a lot. I didn't like that experience. Uh I liked it being able to like just come out. However, I've done both because what happens is is like. If the small the small tube, mm-hmm. your bowel movements come out around it, because right. it goes pretty kind of far up there. Yeah. But the closed system, you have to get everything through that tube. So say you have like a lot. Yeah. You can't really get everything through so there. So why would anyone do the closed? I don't know. I think there's certain like legal things. I think there's certain <laughs> oh, like God. I think pesky there's legal things. I think you have to have like a license for a closed and an open sure. one, and I think only some states will allow one or the other i don't know really really what what the deal is there but yeah i love an open system and honestly it has changed my life in terms of like if i ever feel bloated Mm -hmm. that's my first you know go-to is like okay i should probably get a colonic because what it does is it just clears you out and you know there's nothing wrong with i mean this isn't like go take a laxative and get cleared out if you ever feel bloated but like there's nothing wrong with clearing out your toxins because it's shit is toxic. Yeah, 100%. But but I, I'm also a big advocate of like kind of trying to cleanse your whole entire system as, you know, as much as you can every so often. You know, so if you want to do that once every two months, you know, that's just a good way to kind of reset. And think about it. A laxative is, for the most part, not natural. There's a few mm-hmm. natural laxatives, laxatives, but it's more so chemicals. Oof. A colonic is just water. You're literally just getting water up there and you're just getting yeah, it all out. Good. If I'm, if I'm, yeah, 100%. The most interesting thing though is they have a chart when you're laying there that you can mm-hmm. read and it basically tells you because you can see your bowel movements passing like through a tube. Yeah. It tells you what it means, like what the toxins that it's getting out depending on the color of the bowel movement. So like if it's green, it's like this is your liver detoxing or mm-hmm. don't quote me on this. This is not what the actual colors are, but <laughs> like, or, or like just right. it tells you what different toxins are in your body that's so interesting. that you're expelling basically awesome. oh and like the yellowish like yellowish or whitish flakes is candida which oh, is a yeast a candida overgrowth yes well, do you have I'm that gonna, i think i have that okay you need to get tested for SIBO i was just gonna say i'm gonna get tested for SIBO yep. when i go home to my integrated health professional yeah you should yeah i'm gonna get like the whole panel for everything do i'll it. talk about it but I would advocate for open system colonics. If you want to do a closed system because that's all you can find, do it. You're still going to have a good experience. But yes, this helps me tremendously with bloating. It actually too can help you with hydration. So every single time I would get a colonic, I would go on a run the next day and feel like I could run for years because I was so hydrated. Think about it. You're getting all that water do this yeah you're getting all that water and it goes into all your other organs too you know like it's not just going into your colon and clearing everything out your body's absorbing that water so Uh you feel so hydrated a a lot of marathon runners will go and get a colonic like a couple days before the marathon and then run the marathon but yeah so if you have ever struggled with bloating or gut health or just 
you feel constipated, mm-hmm. go get a colonic. This will really help you. That's awesome. Okay, what what do you what do you have? <laughs> well, I'll talk about my most recent thing that I started doing. I have recently started oil pulling, which if you don't know what that is, you look so surprised. I'm so interested in that because I I've tried to do it before you. and it, I did it once and like never did it again, but I didn't really research. Okay, so I've done a lot of research about it. I listen to this like really oh my god i freaking love him can i like shout some yeah out pump, pimp podcast? him out um he doesn't know me at all we've never met he doesn't him. know me at all either but we should collaborate if you he totally is should if this. you hear this his name is dr steven cabral and he is like an uh integrative health professional he's like a certified board uh a board certified naturopath like he's just this really intelligent guy who believes in like um you know naturopathy and 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 really combines like the medicine with the holistic element, which I love just cause like I, you know, I'm the first to admit, like if you need like pain management, you know, yeah. drugs and chemicals are really good for certain things. But I am so of the camp that like you, if you live a healthy, good, well-rounded life, you can knock out a lot of those things way before, you know, they start to happen to you. So anyway, that's why I love this guy. He is really great. His, you know, episodes are really short and he kind of covers a lot and he's got a million of them. So if you want to listen to that, um, you can go on Spotify and listen to that. But so he, so I've always kind of, you know, I've heard about it. I heard it like whitens your teeth and like all this your stuff. Your teeth do look very white. Oh, do they? Yep. I, so that's actually not one of the benefits of oil. Pulling. Okay. never mind. But thank you. Apparently my teeth look very white. I'm using my crest, my non-natural crest toothpaste. Those make my, oh, I thought you were going to say the electric toothbrush no those oh. are bad for your teeth I yeah think. they hurt my teeth yeah my teeth are really sensitive but i got an electric toothbrush i have a feeling that has something to do with something but anyway so i've been kind of like toying with the idea of oil pulling for a long time but never really was pushed over the edge and then i listened to one of his you know podcasts about it and he does it every morning and the benefits are like you know they're not extensive but they're very you know specific to what it is and what it basically does is when you oil pull and some people say you have to do it for 20 minutes he is kind of an advocate of doing it for like i think it's 10 to 15 minutes maybe it's even like five i've heard 10 always whenever i've researched oil okay, pulling so at maybe all. like at least 10 20 if you like really want the benefits like even more so or whatever but what it does is when you're swishing oil around your mouth and this could be like coconut oil which is what i use it could also be sesame oil it could be avocado oil it just needs to be oil and when you're swishing it around your mouth, it's just pulling all the like bacteria off of your teeth and your mouth. And and that's what I also like because it's like your whole mouth. And like I even like let it go into my throat a little bit. Like I don't swallow it. But, you know, I'm really trying to like cover every area. Which of your mouth. mouth is dirty. It's disgusting. Our mouths are gross. I'm not trying to, you know, like point any fingers, but like we have disgusting mouths. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we really do. And so what I have been doing is I've been like coupling this with like brushing my teeth. And what I really do is I, I will oil pull for 20 minutes in the morning as soon as I wake up. So I'll put the oil in my mouth. You just put, I think it's like one tablespoon. Before you brush your teeth. So, yes. they. I, I looked it up and I was like, does it matter? Like, yeah. blah, blah, blah. I don't think it matters too much. But, like, I feel cleaner when I yeah. have, like, oil. Yeah. You know, I just feel cleaner when I when I brush my teeth and have nothing else going on in my That's life. That's true. Because I feel like if I brushed my teeth before, I would oil pull and then brush my teeth again. Exactly. Because of the so oil. So I was just like, let me just, like, cut up a middleman. So I will do it for 20 minutes every morning and... It totally is not as like, 
you know, laborious as people say it is. You do have to keep it in your mouth for like a long time, but I do it like this morning. I took a shower while I was oil pulling. Oh, smart. And then I got dressed. And by the time I showered, dried my hair, got dressed, it was time to like spit it out. So anyway, I'll just oil pull before my coffee because I don't love brushing my teeth right before I have coffee for obvious reasons. And then I like brushing my teeth after I have coffee because I don't want, you know, the coffee to stain my teeth. So I will oil pull, have my coffee, and then I'll brush my teeth. And That's it's smart. Like the perfect, uh, like, sequence of events. I love it. And it's so easy to do. So have you? how long have you been doing this? So I really only I've, – I've done it before for, you know, I've been on and off for a while, but – for the past two weeks, I've been very diligent about doing it at least once a day, usually in the morning. And what are the benefits? Benefits are really that just it pulls all of the residual bacteria out of your mouth that's been sitting there all night. You know, if, you, if you're asleep for seven or eight hours, you know, it, stuff's been building in your mouth for seven or eight hours. And it's a really natural, effective way to get all of that out of your mouth. Also, there's a thing that... that says i don't know what this is wait i can't fucking form words right now <laughs> it's all right words also also i think that fuck i can't fucking speak what do you <laughs> can i help you what do you want to give me some hand signals and i can try to interpret we can get the, the drawing board what do you need isn't it a thing that you swallow like eight spiders in your life <laughs> so that's another health and wellness so that's another so that's but that's another reason to oil to pull. Oil? No, there might be a spider in that bitch. You what never know. What are you talking about? <laughs> okay, I'm not saying. Have that you, if you ever don't seen those pull. videos of people having eggs, insect eggs, no, in their mouths, and then they freaking hatch? Ew, that's disgusting. Okay, Look it fine. Up. Read Oral a book. health. That's just like another reason, I guess. I don't think anyone's thinking about that except for you. But if you don't want fucking spiders in your mouth. <laughs> Take care of this is where my mind goes. Yeah, it's strange. Okay. Where do you spit? That's important. Just oh well, I don't know if there's like a real place that I'm supposed to be spitting. Tell me where you spit. In in the sink. It'll clog the pipes. The oh the oil. But but you it's have to spit in the trash. You, I just I have read well You trapped me. You knew that I spit <laughs> <laughs> this your, is entrapment. Your your mouth, um, when you swish it like creates heat. Okay. But I thought that was reserved for like when I'm cooking. No, I really think I really think that you have to spit in the trash because it does clog the pipes over time. Okay, then I'm gonna have oil in my trash. I guess that's fine. How does it feel in your mouth? It feels very strange. I taste wise, I prefer to do coconut oil because it it tastes like coconut oil. Yeah, I couldn't imagine sesame or anything. Yeah, I I hear sesame is pretty good, but um. It, it's 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 definitely not a natural feeling because you're swishing around oil, but it's really not bad. You're not gonna swallow it unless you deliberately swallow it. If anything, it like kind of works out your face muscles, I guess. You're like swishing around, but it's really it's not a big deal, and it doesn't take a lot of time or energy. And you can easily like, <laughs> okay, I wouldn't recommend doing this, but I I like put the oil in my mouth before I went on like a 20 minute walk the other day. Oh. Which I thought was a really good idea, and then someone tried to talk to me on my walk, <laughs> and I had no idea what to do. Did you so swallow I... it? Oh my god! No, you did not. No, you did not. Well, it was just adorable. No, you didn't. Oh yes, I did. It was so bad. It was you literally mailman. swallowed all of your bacteria. I can't. Okay, but then I justified it because I was like, I guess that was in my mouth anyway. Like whatever. Like it's in my body. Like I kind of justified it, but I like. 
I will, I cannot have someone say hi to me, especially when they're like a cute old little mailman and not say anything back. I, Why don't you see the, the, the classic wave? Little no, wave. No, I need to. I'm sorry. That's just not who I am. Like, if he's like, oh, hello. Like, how are, he's asked me how I was. I, so I swallowed that shit. I was like, I'm great. Like, how are you, sir? We had like a pretty cute little, like, mini extensive conversation. But so if you're oil pulling and you're planning on going out in public, just be aware that someone might try to talk to you and you might have oil in your mouth and you need to figure out if you're going to spit. If you're just going to wave or if you're going to swallow. I I would have said, you excuse mean, me, little mailman. I have to spit the shit out. Actually, I wouldn't have been able to. I would have just spit. I would have just spit and then say, excuse me. I'm so sorry. I'm trying this new thing. <laughs> and then he's going to be freaked out because you're like. It, it would have been, no been a great option. dinner conversation for him. You know, yeah, sure. Yep. But I just wanted to make a stay. That's actually thinking very highly of myself that saying hi to him made a stay. God. But it was good. Let's get into breath work. Do you do any breath work? I only do breath work when I do yoga. Okay. I have started to do – I put my hand on my chest. Well, I <laughs> I started to do breath work, I would say, at the beginning of this year when I found out I was pregnant because I was really – struggling with anxiety Mm -hmm. a little bit Mm -hmm. um just you know with the natural fact of finding out that i was (laughs) unexpectedly pregnant (laughs) existential crisis that is having a child yep um also i can't remember what what was triggering this but i felt like i wasn't breathing deeply enough yeah you know when you can just feel like you can't take a deep breath 100 and i think it's anxiety induced it totally is like the shallow breathing yes. yep so i really looked into breath work and i found this guy called wim hoff have you heard of him no have you watched goop series <laughs> have i watched goop so the cold therapy guy oh my god yeah okay in full disclosure i didn't watch that whole episode only because i already know the benefits but you know who he is sure so he has this app that is guided breathing and yes. i love the idea of meditation i've never been a person who has been drawn to it in the sense of like sitting there and saying om or sitting there in silence. Like mm-hmm. I need some background noise or I need to be doing something active during the meditation practice to really like feel okay. Yeah. Otherwise it makes more anxiety for me if I'm yeah. just sitting there. So what I found really helps me instead of just silent meditation is doing breath work. So like sitting down for 10 minutes and breathing and doing a guided meditation or literally just doing like six, six second deep breaths and then six second exhales, like Mm -hmm. doing some kind of active breath work has really, really helped me with, um, my anxiety, but also it's helped me with feeling like happier and feeling more energized because I think when you de- when you breathe deeply, you're just like activating your your nervous system a little bit more, you know. Uh-huh. Like you're just kind of you're you're sending like little messages to your body to like fire on all your neurons sure. and fire on all of like the things that need to be happening that, for the day. Is that sorry? I'm gonna interject really quick because I have a question. Like, so I've been taught to like breathe in very deeply and hold it there for for like sometimes like eight seconds. Is that like are you trying to like put stress on your like cells when you do that like what 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 even is so i'm not i don't know the answer to that Uh but what i will say is with the guided meditate or the guided breath work from wim hof because he has Mm -hmm. an app what it is is you do like 
it's funny. He has an accent. I don't even know where he's from. From like Iceland or something. He's he's like the weirdest he's so accent. Blonde. Yeah, he's the weirdest he accent. So, Nordic. so he'll go pulling in and pulling out, pulling in, pulling out. So he'll do that. You go, mm-hmm. and it's fast. But then you do pulling in and pulling out and hold for as long as you can. And I've gotten up to like a minute fifteen of holding. What? Yep. Can and yeah, you can do that. But what what I've noticed from doing that is you almost feel like a high. You're yeah. on like a high. Yeah. Like I feel like it does something in your body that like triggers you to be like feel lighter. Mm-hmm. Well, there is technically like when you do cut off your oxygen source, like for, for little intervals of time. I don't know. I guess, yeah, it would be for like a minute and 15 seconds. You start to feel the euphoric effects of like not having that oxygen in your brain. And that's how it feels. It feels a little bit euphoric. And we're not saying to like hold your breath. Do not go choke yourself. Yeah, don't. Don't do that. What was that trend? Remember that trend where people would like hold their breasts and then push on their chests? No, I don't even want to. God, middle school was a dark age. It really was. (laughs) It really, really was. The hell? We were out here like trying to make people pass out and all these other. Cinnamon chow. We were making people like eat so much cinnamon. And my sister's out here like making cool dances. Like we really evolved. Wait, really quick. Just, I don't even want to go on it, but do you remember? coning and you would pick up you would order an ice cream cone yes and you'd pick it, it from the, the ice cream, cream. <laughs> yes i we, you would make a whole day of it you would oh, go and you would literally ice cream place that, on, like bars to, i don't know our facebook we were, oh my yeah. facebook was popping back in the day we could do a my whole albums, other episode like on like middle school album yes you know? yes oh my god yeah just we would have the funniest album names i feel a lot clearer and i i do love doing it in the morning you can do breath work whenever i think it's important to do it whenever because you don't mm-hmm. want to make it like this thing that's unattainable if you don't have time in the morning don't do it do it throughout the day or when you really need it because again it can help with anxiety but i've noticed that when i do it in the morning i feel a lot more clear mm-hmm. and like intentional about sure. the day like i can kind of focus better and I can get what I need to get done in a more efficient time than I would have if I didn't do the breath work because when I'm sitting there and breathing like I'm focusing on my breath but I'm also like with each breath I'm like okay breathe in you're also focusing yeah but I'm also like breathe in productivity and breathe out stress or like laziness you know what I mean like it's you can set an intention yeah so I really like breath work for that reason and I've been doing that like at least three times a week, but when I was pregnant, I did it every single day, That's and awesome. it really helped me with, with when I was pregnant because you know you get short of breath when you're pregnant. Yeah, and to well, really, I don't know, <laughs> yeah, so just been there, yeah, done that. Yeah. Oh my god, when I was pregnant, yeah, pregnant, that was great. <laughs> That's what I found during pregnancy really helped me f- not feel short of breath was to do these breath works in the morning, and then throughout the day, I felt so much better because That's I would awesome. still breathe deeply and just. But even, and you know, the, the fact that it's like a breathing exercise is so wonderful and does so much stuff for your circulation and, and, and everything. But even just doing something very intentional for two minutes, like that's really important. Yeah. I mean, that's awesome. Okay. Let's see. Let's hear your next one. Okay. I am going to talk about, I did it. And I, this is a tough one because like, I don't want to advocate for this, but there is a lot of research that you can do on your own to like figure out the benefits of this. I did a 24 hour fast over the summer. It was right back when I, I studied abroad in Africa. <laughs> Just throw that in there. It's a little Slight flex. I uh, was in Africa and I <laughs> come back and I had just been eating, you know, I was abroad. So I was eating a lot of things that I didn't normally eat. Like I don't 
eat dairy normally or gluten, and I was definitely eating some dairy, some gluten. I was drinking a lot more at the beginning of that, and then I actually didn't drink for, like... Did I tell you that? No. When I was in Africa, I... So, like, I drank, but I definitely go through periods sober? where... Yeah, where I don't drink, like, for months. You know, you've, you've yeah. seen me in one of my weird moods. Yeah. And I drank, like, pretty normally and heavily for the first like couple weeks of Africa and then I didn't have a drink for like the rest of the time. I think that's pretty normal though of like a normal cycle of being thrown into something that's so new and exciting yeah, and you're and so wide eyed and bushy tailed right. and then you get into a routine and then you're like, I don't really need this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, anyway, so I basically just came back and traveling and everything. And I just like, I felt so out of touch with my body and I was really experiencing so then I'm going to go back to the candida overgrowth that hasn't been confirmed medically yet but I think I definitely have some sort of like leaky gut you know the whole thing you know I've had so many problems with like my circulation I get really puffy for you know various reasons I do have thyroid issues so just a quick side side note yeah the test for SIBO was fucked you mm-hmm. have to do a breath test where like you can't eat for eight hours beforehand and the whole day before you have to eat just like chicken and rice which will be fine for you oh. But, but then you have to like literally do a three hour breath test test three and if you, hours? yeah, cause it, they test like the methane in your, in your breath, but then you like, if you do it slightly off, like it won't it, work like, and up. then you have to redo it and it's three hours or you can like send it in, a, you can send in your shit. Just do that. <laughs> well, okay. So then this, this guy, Stephen Cabral, the guy that I'm obsessed with also has a lot of like home tests that you can do to like test the minerals in your blood. Cause at the end of the day, yeah. like, that's really, they're trying to see like what imbalances you have. And these are things that like conventional medicine doctors don't test for. So I'm really excited to go get that whole thing. You know, you and I love just getting like evaluated. Yeah. Our bodies. Yeah. yeah. It's awesome. And anyway, so I got back and I started reading this book that my friend and I were really obsessed with. It was called, um, it was it the plant paradox? I've it heard was of the that. Plant paradox. He's got like three and one of oh no, it was the longevity paradox. He got famous because he wrote a book called the plant uh, paradox, and I believe that was Dr. Stephen Gundry, but don't quote me on that. And anyway, so I read the longevity paradox and. You know, I, I, I'm very cautious when I read, like, health and wellness books because, of course, a lot of it's accurate. And then a lot of it's also, like, people are trying to sell stuff. and like Totally. And I, I'm really a believer that, like, you need to individualize your approach to health because, like, there are things that are obviously blanket statements and really good for a lot of people typically. But then you need to go into it and see what your lifestyle is like, what levels you have in your body of, like, minerals and your blood content and the whole thing. So I'm really all about like individualizing whatever information that you find. So I read this book and he talks a lot about like lectins and that's where that whole thing comes from. So I read this whole thing, but basically what he was, his whole thing is about gut health. So he talks about like what's best for your gut and what's not good for your gut. And something that he really advocates for is, and it doesn't need to be a 24 hour fast, but if you want to reset your gut and like, he calls it like brain scrubbing, like so you know how like you and I really like to eat like an early dinner because like the closer that you eat to bedtime you wake up feeling groggy right the more time that you leave between that like it he calls it brain scrubbing it's just like all of your kind of brain processes reset and like your neurons are well also too your gut is your second brain 100% and so if you clean your gut out and you take care of your gut you're gonna scrub your brain of all the shit that yeah was there exactly and like and when you sleep is obviously a time where your body tries to like go through everything and clear out everything. And if you've got a bunch of food in your gut, 
it's just going to be focused on that, not really your brain. So anyway, I read this book and I was feeling really like crappy and he was just talking about how it's good every once in a while to reset your gut and kind of build back up that like wall in your gut. And so it didn't need to be a 24 hour fast, but I was kind of like, I'm just going to do this once. If you know me, you love, you know that like I'm obsessed with food and eating. Like I have kind of low blood sugar, so like I can't go that long without eating, but I was like, I'm going to do this once like every like half year and that's it just to kind of reset so I did do a 24-hour fast just water it was uh like kind of freaked out for a second because I like drank some coffee and then I was like oh crap like you know no yeah that's fine it needs to be like under 10 calories or something yeah um so yeah it was just water but at a certain point I like didn't even want water anymore but you have to stay hydrated yeah so um I was drinking water and I was, and I had like a cup of coffee and it, I, I don't think it was exactly, I think it was like 22 hours. Yeah. You know, I didn't make the whole 24 cause I was like, I got like a whole salmon for dinner and I was so excited. Yeah. But it really, I, I don't know. I think it really helped. And he is a big advocate of just like now really what I try to do, I try to internalize that practice a little more by not being as extreme, obviously, cause I, I'm really not advocating for anyone to go without food for 24 hours but having a lot of time in between you know when you stop eating one day when you start eating the next day I think it's really good so let me ask you this because one thing that I was going to talk about that I've done I've done fast too but one thing I was going to talk about was intermittent fasting yeah which is a huge trend there's so many studies and honestly they've come out with a study now that it's probably not as beneficial for women because of hormones and They've all the studies that they have done on intermittent fasting has been on men, yeah. And so they yeah. they really haven't shown any beneficial value for women. Yeah. But I will say, whenever I've done intermittent fasting or the fast that I've done, because I did a five day prolonged right. fast. Don't I remember? Oh my god! It literally had like five olives a day. Like I it know. was. And remember your like soups. My soups. And your bars. My, there was one soup that I just hated, but there was a few of them were good. The bars were good, though. The yeah, bars were really good. Yeah, you kind of love that. If you guys are wondering what this is, you guys can go on my Instagram and go on my IGTV. I did a whole review of the Prolon 5-Day Fast, and, and you guys can hear Dr. a little bit more about it. Longo? Or, Longo. Um, okay. Yep. So so this book that I'm just referring to, The Longevity Paradox, a lot of his stuff is based off of Longo stuff. Yeah, he's great. He's very he's smart. He's out of California? Yeah, he's very smart. Yeah. So – what I was going to say is, let me ask you this. How did you feel when you were fasting? Because when I fasted, I felt less hungry. I felt mm-hmm. more clear. I felt more focused. I yeah. felt one lighter, obviously, because you're not eating. Yeah. But it's funny how when you think that you don't have – like you think just on a face value when you're not going to eat any food, you're going to be so starving. Right. Or you're going to feel so lethargic and you're going to feel so tired and have a headache. And while all that's true, maybe for like a short fast, like 24 hours or just in the beginning of the fast. Short. Yeah. It felt so fucking long. <laughs> yeah. Well, for five days when yeah. you're doing a fast mimicking diet. like Right, but you weren't going just, you know, yeah. she was eating. Just that's true. That's true. Like not. Yes, you're right. So I guess what I'm saying is, is, it's funny how you think that you're going to feel all these like yeah. negative feelings, which you might for the beginning, like the first half. Uh-huh. But in my experience, I always felt great when I fast. You always were like such a big, you, you felt so good. Remember like, oh my God, I just remember you talking like we went to Orange Theory one of those days and like you felt so like powerful. And yeah, so like what I do now is like, I'm, I don't 
really intermittent fast, but I definitely try to stop eating um, kind of like the earlier the better. Like I had dinner at 5.30 the other night. But that's love also because that. like I love to go to sleep early, love to wake up early. So it's definitely easier when you're falling asleep at 10. So if you eat dinner at 5.30, what time do you eat breakfast? So, and I'm really, I'm really, I don't hold myself to anything really stringent when it comes to eating the next day. I'm a big advocate when you're hungry, eat. When you're not hungry, don't eat. Yeah. So if I wake up in the morning and I'm ravenous, which I'm usually not, mm. if I don't eat for a while the night before, I'm actually usually hungrier in the morning when I have recently had food, which I have no idea what the scientific evidence is behind that, but it's like always the case for me. If I eat late or like I'm drinking and I wake up, I'm starving. So I'll usually end up getting hungry because I also, if I know that I'm going to be like, leaving the house or out and doing things I do make sure to eat even if I'm not hungry because I'm like when's the next time I'm gonna have access to food and usually when that happens you choose not to eat beforehand then you get out and literally 10 minutes when you're out you're starving so like 100% and I hate the feeling of like you know I I really think I have low blood sugar and I just hate feeling depleted and like I have no energy I think that's the worst feeling in the world so I'll usually eat by like definitely by 11 I'm usually hungry-ish by 10.30. Yeah. But something that I've also really been trying to do, which is not really about fasting, but I've been trying to make sure that my breakfast is really, really hydrating, mm. which is something that I never used to Interesting. do. Because think about it. So you know Never how, thought of that. You know how people advocate, like, drink, you know, 16 ounces of water when you wake up. Yeah. Right? And that's because you've been asleep for six to nine hours and you haven't been drinking any water for six to nine hours. And if you think about that in terms of, like, the day... You'd be so thirsty. And most people start their day with coffee too. So when you exactly. sleep well, and you're dehydrated yeah. and then you start drink coffee, you're even more dehydrated. So 100%. that makes sense. I used to never drink water in the morning and then I would feel like shit by 4 p.m. What are we talking? Like a big smoothie? So I've been really into just like a big smoothie with like a shit ton of water. So I'll drink my water, my 16 ounces. I'll have my coffee and then I'll also have this breakfast. And I like to have a smoothie with like a lot of like what is it, cruciferous vegetables? Like, like I love my spinach in it because I find that very hydrating and it, like, keeps me really full. And then, obviously, with other stuff. So. I have to give you this recipe from Reese Witherspoon. She gave it to me personally. I love her. <laughs> she gave it to you? Yep, I called oh, yeah, her up she and she gave it to me. She was, actually. She has a beautiful recipe that's very hydrating, which I would never, ever, ever think about because it has, like, romaine lettuce in it, lettuce in it and that's, like – just for some reason, I don't think about putting I lettuce totally, in my... Well, I think of, like, my sweet green salad when I... Yeah, exactly. Lettuce, like, but it's there. actually great. And there's cucumber in it and then almond butter. Like, it's a weird combination. Yum. She does lemon in there, too. Weird combination, but it's amazing. That's so strange. It's really good. And you... You have to give it to me. Well, you know those kind of smoothies that, like, you drink and you feel clean? Like, yeah. you feel like you're drinking clean? Yeah. Just, like, if there's any definition... 100%. If there was, like... If we were to, like, literally... What's it called? Um, like animate clean? Like... Sure. It would be that smoothie. Yeah. If we could like materialize material, it would be that smoothie. Yep. Yeah, and personally, I like that. I like that taste. I love that feeling. Also. Yeah, and the feeling. And I like being satiated, and like feeling like I have enough nutrients in my body to tackle whatever I need to do in my day. And I like feeling clean about it. And honestly, from my experience, the most satiating things are clean things. Hundred percent. Anyway, let's wrap up fasting. How did you feel? Would you do it again? Uh, 24 hour one. I, I'll probably do that like once every year, like honestly, just to reset my gut. But I do think that, and you know, when I say calorie restricting, it's not like you need calories in your day, you know, 
But I think, you know, one day, maybe not doing the whole 2,000 if you're really, and, you know, I think if you don't need 2,000, you shouldn't eat 2,000. But if you do, you do. And, like, one day I'll just try to, like, you know, kind of minimize it to, like, maybe 1,000 in a day. You know, just to give my brain and my body time to reset because I find that that really, really helps with me. So I, I try to do it less extreme all the time. I want to get into cold therapy. Have you tried that? No. Okay, so Wim Hof, my guy. Obviously, I was very <laughs> influenced. Obviously, I was very influenced by Goop. <laughs> you caught me. Don't oh go God. to the pantry. <laughs> so, cold therapy, again, I really learned about through Wim Hof, who you guys just need to go on his website. He's great. He's such a character, too. Um, but I have always, you know, known about people doing cold plunges or, you know, after a workout, you go, you know, when you go, when you grew up and you would go to like these gyms that had these amazing women's locker rooms in them and they would always have the cold plunge next to the hot tub and you and your friends, you and your friends would literally like, we would get in the hot tub, like who wants to go in the cold plunge? Who's going to do it? And then we'd get like halfway in and then go back to the hot tub. Yeah, absolutely. So I always knew that there was something behind like emerge submerging your body in in cold yes but i didn't know the benefits so basically the health benefits of cold therapy is improved quality of sleep more focus and improved immune response so oh i do have a story about this when you're done okay so when i started this was actually when covid started because it was actually no it was actually when i found out i was pregnant and then i found out about covid which was when COVID yeah, which is when COVID started. Wow, so much stress in my life. I so think I've handled it really stress. well this year. <laughs> um, anyway, I really made it a point when I found out that I was pregnant to wake up and take a cold shower every single morning. I'm talking like two minute cold shower, and I'm not talking about like like that. a little cold, like freezing. No, I like do that. absolutely, like nudge the, just like turn the knob till like it's on. That's it. Yep. And you don't have to do it for two minutes, but like. The benefits that I felt like I felt like I had just drank in a cup of coffee. Like I didn't need caffeine after that. And like not that I need caffeine. I'm, I've never been that person, but that's how I felt. I felt like I had just drank a cup of coffee. And I also loved it for the um, immune aspects once I found out about mm-hmm. COVID. I really made it a point to do it every single morning. And what I also found was cold showers in the morning really helped with my anxiety. I felt like I was my my like <laughs> if you could put it this way, like my anxious levels yeah. were steady yeah. the whole day. Like, of course you're going to get anxious throughout the day. Like if you're a normal human being and especially if you have anxiety, right. but I felt like they were more stable. <laughs> and pregnant and it, there's a global pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I would yeah. say those things are anxiety. <laughs> so I felt like my, my, my mood and just like everything was more leveled when I did that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of studies about it and you should go on Wim Hof's, website and really look at it um but yeah i know my brother like after he works out he goes into a a cold tub and he does it for like five minutes gets out does it for another five minutes and it's really good for recovery too i mean think about it if you ever sprained an ankle in track or something they say what rice really what do you mean (laughs) rest ice uh compress and elevate oh rice no oh my god were you even an athlete maybe i'm just really hungry because i just thought you were like rice should we get rice yeah um yeah so if you think about it yeah you literally like hot and cold compresses like that's yeah. what makes something heal so 
I definitely think you guys should look into it if you haven't already. But 100%. for anxiety reasons, for immune boosting reasons, and um, for sleep reasons, I can't vouch for that. But like any anything to do to get mm-hmm. your sleep better, you know? I, in high school, I, I've stopped a little bit just because now I live in freezing cold Colorado. That's the hard thing. Um, I started it in February. <laughs> yeah. So I stopped because... I was actually, like, frozen inside. Uh, It it chills you to your core. (laughs) To your core. And then you, like, can't get warm afterwards. Yeah. So when I was in high school, and, of course, like, in high school, we were all, like, superhuman, and, like, we're getting up at, like, 5.30 a.m. and, like... Going to bed at 11. Yeah, literally, and, like, doing homework all night and attending school for eight hours, then, you know, sports for a million. But I was getting up really early in high school because I always want to shower and, like, make sure I looked cute before I went to high school. (laughs) And so I would take, just as you said, freezing cold showers in the morning. And they wouldn't be that long, but I would definitely take them. And I would feel so invigorated when I stepped out. It just, it wakes you up like no other. And so not to like flex on you guys again, but when I was in Africa, we were at this like tiny little beach. It was called, um, oh my God, Beta Beach. I Mm. love that little, it was just the cutest because I was thinking of Beta Fish. It was this like tiny little cove and it was kind of, really residential it wasn't private but it was backed up right to these people's houses and I went with two of my guy friends and we were just chilling on the beach and the water was freezing like I don't know how cold this water was but the boys would not go in no one on the beach was in except for this one lady and so obviously I'm like stand back like let me go in the water (laughs) let me let me do my thing it's Sam and this crazy maniacal like yeah not like I don't know why I felt like I needed to prove myself. But so I went in and it was freezing, but almost so cold that like you're numb instantly and you're just like, I'm in, like might as well stay. And of course me being like weird, I like swim up to this old lady and I'm like, hey, like, how are you? Like, you know, we're both in this water. I figure we might as well talk. (laughs) And she is, oh my God, she must, she, she was this beautiful old woman. She must've been like, I don't know. She could have been way older and looked way younger but she looked about like 60 okay maybe like a little upwards of 60 and we just got to chatting and people in south africa are very very friendly um usually and except when they're really not (laughs) and she was explaining how she lived in one of the houses that was right up against the beach and every morning since she was like 20 she goes, she makes sure she's lived here her, her entire life. She submerges herself in this freezing cold water for 20 minutes every single day. Every single day. She was like going on about like the benefits for like longevity, for like circulation, like all this stuff. All this stuff that I had obviously heard because I, I know about cold therapy and the whole thing. But damn, I had never met someone, let alone this like beautiful old woman that was just like chilling in this water. And she was like, I've done this every day for decades. How did and, she like, look? She, 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 well, maybe she 60? was so beautiful. I think she was like literally like 80 years old and looked 60. Like she wow. was old. And she was just like going on and on and on about like the benefits and she does it religiously and the whole thing. So then obviously I had to stay in. For that makes me, yeah, that makes me literally want to move to South Africa and literally buy the house next to her and do that every single morning. I think that's a great plan. Let's do it. And you should absolutely do that and I'll be right there with you. I was going to say too, what cold therapy or submerging yourself in cold water, even for like 30 seconds, what it does is it stimulates your CNS, like your central ner- nervous system. It gets that <laughs> oh, firing. The CNS? Yeah, the CNS, <laughs> the PNS. I'm um, NASM certified personal trainer. 
<laughs> that's what you have to you have to know all that stuff no i bet yeah it's a lot of anatomy yeah, Which, like, for me as an English major, I was, like, <laughs> how to? You were an English major. Oh, my God. I know. Crazy. I, always I was in college. Isn't that weird? I'm graduating now. Yeah, that's weird. So weird. It's weird that I'm still in college. I know. What are you doing? I don't know. Get out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, so it stimulates your central nervous system, which, like, is a lot of what stimulates your fight or flight, you response, know, yeah, response. Sure. So if you really, like, get that going <laughs> early, it, it just kind of sets you up for the day to be more... Yeah intentional more focused more energized yeah all of that um oh i was gonna also say too if you can't get yourself in a cold shower because i mean it's hard you want to work yourself up so like start by doing like a hot shower and then the last 30 seconds doing cold i was gonna or even the last 10 seconds like literally start so small or even if like you feel anxious or you feel tired or whatever in the middle of the day you don't want to take a shower splash Mm -hmm. some cold water on your face Mm -hmm. that can do the the trick too okay let's talk about orgasms let's talk about orgasms this is turning into a not safe for work podcast <laughs> what i'm not safe for work what's that they just it's something it's like something maybe it's like an actual thing but it's like i always see on like buzzfeed and shit like the acronym for not safe for work really? and it's just to let the reader know like it's not this, safe for work yeah. like there's something dicey going on do we need here. to put on like a sexy voice well, what's, yeah what's that there's a podcast this is um asmr like, is that what we're it is? gonna talk I don't want to really be on that. Yeah. My voice gets really low. It's kind of creepy. Okay, anyway, so I am a huge advocate for a bunch of different reasons of the frequent orgasm. Yep. I think, like, I was just having this conversation. I, I think I believe this for a lot of different reasons, and I think that everyone should really embrace it if you feel comfortable for a lot of different reasons. I think as women... And this is its own, you know, tangent that we can go into another time. But I think as women, we are really raised uh, not being encouraged of like exploring ourselves sexually and figuring out what, what we like. You know, boys are kind of taught about masturbation when they're really young and they're like, hey, you're going to, you know, get a little boner and here's what's going to go on. You're going to have to teach your son about all that and you totally will. But go something ahead. that I'm going to teach my son is that men are not the only people who need to be pleased exactly. because that's how we were raised as women is mm-hmm. you please the man. 100%. And women, and it's so hard, and I find so many women our age, you know, 22 years old, who are in college, I know so many people that have <laughs> literally just never had an orgasm, have never really had sex that's been like extremely pleasurable for them. It's only been for their partner. And that's not completely on the guy or the girl. It's just, it's the matter of fact is women are raised not being encouraged to explore themselves and figure out what they like. And think about it too. The act of sex itself stops when the male ejaculates. Yeah, literally. And it's well, like. Oh, like stop having sex. Yeah. Yeah. The, the act right. of it, you know, like that's, that's how sex ends. Uh-huh. But also it's like, if I didn't have an orgasm after he has had one, he'll right. be like. What can I do I for you? Say, yeah. You know, and, and then, that's and you take care of yourself. Yes. Like, or he takes care of you. In the whole right. Thing. But you, you, you both have to get it done. Mm-hmm. But you're so right in that, like, the literal, like, sex does stop, like, when he comes, which is crazy. And so, I, so there are so many reasons, like, socially that I, that I really encourage it. And I really try to, you know, encourage my friends to get really, you know, sexual with themselves and figure out what they like. If, if they want to be. If And then it's if you want to be and you can't pressure anyone to, yeah. you know, explore themselves. But I do think that it's something that we all should normalize a lot more. 
So anyway, those are those reasons for that. Having frequent orgasms also has like a lot of apparent health benefits. I mean, I like doing it anyway, like regardless of the health benefits, but um, apparently it's like really good for your skin. It reduces anxiety levels. Like it gives you energy. You know, it, you're releasing, you know, what is it? Like dopamine and serotonin. And, and in your oxytocin brain. too. And oxytocin. Like it's all these good, happy chemicals in your brain that just can't be bad. It's a mood booster. And it's for also sure. like taking like 20 some minutes for yourself every yep. day. Just focusing yourself. I mean. It's I, an act of self-care. Seriously. And and we need to normalize it. And I, I, I definitely do it every single day. Like not even just for these health benefits, but definitely it helps that it's good for me fun fact i wrote a blog post two or three years ago i remember <laughs> it was called women masturbate too and it was one of my top read blog Do you posts remember when you got the idea for that i was just going to say fun fact everyone listening sam was in the beginning of the blog post, I go, I was sitting around the pool with two of my friends. Sam was one of the friends that was there. I was there. And we were talking about one of our other good friends. I won't drop the name because she'd probably get sober. <laughs> She's the fucking woman. Oh, I miss her. We need, to, we need to catch up. But, just, yeah. Yeah. but yeah, she was, Sam was there and we were talking about it and our other friend had never had an orgasm and we were just mind blown because this, this young woman was 19, 20 and that's, you know, that that's not young. No. To like not have explored yourself sexually especially because she's having sex yes and she hasn't and that was the most astounding part right yeah is that she was having pretty frequent sex or at least had had experience having sex before and like didn't even think that this was a big part of it you know i'm looking on forbes because i saved a an actual article about why the female orgasm is beneficial for your health and there's one that says hormones are also a reason you may sleep better after masturbating because when you have all that released you Mm -hmm. sleep better Mm -hmm. let's see what else let's see yeah so i mean it's just it's all hormones like there's things Mm -hmm. about they they say there's things about like cortisol after you um orgasm you know and then it can increase your immune function like just people really say that like so i don't even know what it would be producing that would help your skin but some people really, really say that it. it well, I, I, I would think it has skin. something to do with the blood circulation. I'm sure. I'm sure it stimulates your blood to flow, like mm-hmm. whatever. Well, we're not know, doctors, like, guys. We're just, we're just, <laughs> we're really just, this is all complete speculation. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, this is what we do. And that's all right. That's exactly. That, know. this is what this podcast is. Don't take any of this shit as medical advice. No. Well, and we say, you know. We are not medical professionals. These are right. just things that we have done. Anecdotal. And these are our opinions about them. Yes. Do you have any final words about masturbation that you want to get across? Um, How frequent? I do it at least every day. And sometimes I forget. Obviously, if I have a really busy day. Like, I'll never force it. It's not like I'm like... Oh, do you notice, it. like, if you do it in the morning, you feel better during the day or...? I notice it definitely, it wakes me up. And I, yeah, I, and honestly, shit. I like doing it right before bed because I feel like it really relaxes me. Yeah. So I think timing is big. I think just, I really think what it is for me is just like taking 20 minutes to myself. You know, like yeah. if you're a woman and, you know, you know how hard it is to orgasm, like when you're not focused, like you really just need to 
be at peace, be focused for 20 minutes and get it done. You know what I mean? Right. So I think for me, it's get also, it done. You got to check that one off. The list. <laughs> but I, I really think it's just like a mental clarity thing for me, even yeah. more so than like the physical sensation, even more so than the, you know, flouted health benefits. Yeah. So if you guys want to have a day, wake up in the morning, have an orgasm, jump in, jump in that cold shower <laughs> while you oil pull. Yeah. Then get out, do some breath work, oh schedule God. a colonic. Literally. Like, do all the and things. Then, and then, like, stop eating by 7.30 then and then wake e- up the next day and do Oh, my. You know what we should do? Wait, we should do that. We're going to do. Okay. Wait. Let me know in an Instagram. I'm, I'll post about this. And in, I can't speak. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I will post about this on Instagram in a story. You guys DM me and vote in a poll. If you guys want Sam and I to record a YouTube video of us going through a day of everything we just said in this in this podcast. And we're low-key going to do it regardless of what you vote. Yeah. So please go vote <laughs> yeah. for us to do it so that we feel vindicated. The last thing I want to mention just for my pregnant people and my mamas out there, I encapsulated my placenta. You did? Yes. So I take, I ask you I take a placenta pill every single day. For how long? How long does it last? So basically they just say to take it until you're done with the jar because right, what they but- do is like what we did was I brought a cooler to the hospital and to the OR and they hand you your placenta. You just tell them like, I want to mm-hmm. keep my placenta. I'm getting it encapsulated. So they yeah. hand you a container of your placenta you put it on ice. and you put it on ice. Someone, some lovely lady comes to pick it up. God bless her soul. God bless her soul. Comes to pick it up. She takes it back. She steams it. She dehydrates it. She grounds it. She puts it into a pill and then brings it back to you. And then Wild. depending on how, how many pills your placenta makes because it depends on the size. Yeah, that's weird. Um, I think I still have mine and it's been five weeks. Yeah, wow. And I've only taken one every single day. Sometimes I take like two every single day because they say you can take between one to three capsules one to three times a day. So it really varies on how wow. much you want to do. But I don't want to do too much because like I don't want to like yeah. overdo it. You don't want to overdo no. placenta. But basically it goes back to like there's there's no scientific benefits mm-hmm. and evidence of what this does in yeah. terms of like helping with postpartum depression or helping balance your hormones or just making your body recover better. Mm-hmm. There's no scientific evidence which is why i was a little wary of it sure. to begin with because it was 200 dollars. but if it doesn't hurt what if it doesn't hurt and i was like it's 200 bucks i'm doing it this is wait total weird side note really quick you know animals they eat their placenta they eat their placenta yeah yeah so i mean there's there's it's natural and it's, it's yeah. natural and there's like a reason for it there's yeah. a reason why people want to do it and 100%. in chinese tradition it like is said to really contribute to the chi of your body again like the energy of your body Right. So I have been doing at least one pill a day, sometimes two. And I will say like, I'm very prone to anxiety. And I really thought that I was going to have really bad anxiety postpartum, especially because I'm not sleeping as much. But I am five weeks postpartum. And the only thing I really experienced was a little bit of baby blues. Mm -hmm. No postpartum depression, no postpartum anxiety, just a little bit of baby blues and unstable hormones. And I feel fine. Don't know if I can say that is the placenta doing that, but can't hurt. Can't hurt. Correlation. You just brought me back to literally ninth grade psychology class. (laughs) Literally. It's literally the correlation does not equal causation. Oh, Oh, I know. Yeah. I'm in a research methods class right now. My teacher would be like over the moon if she heard me fucking say this <laughs> podcast right now. So yeah, if you guys are currently pregnant and thinking about it or you guys just had a baby, well, I guess you can't really do it if you just had a baby and you haven't done it 
yet because you would have you to have, have had your yeah for your next baby if you guys are just in the realm of pregnancy and having babies and are interested in placenta encapsulation definitely do it look into ways you can do it because there's other people like if you have a home birth and you have a doula she can like cut your placenta mm-hmm. and freeze it for you and you can like put it in smoothies and do it that way i just listened to hillary duff talk about that did she where did you listen to her on? She's so fucking cool. I love yeah, her. Yeah, I need I to listen know, to I that. I saw her on some, like, Snap, you know, your, like, Snap news page. I don't have Snapchat. Right. Okay. <laughs> there's, well, there's I'm a, a mom now. Page. I don't have yeah, Snapchat. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you haven't had Snap for, like, two years. And th- anyway, I just saw, like, a little interview. We can, like, watch it right after this. She talks about how she froze it and, like, would eat a little bit of it. I think next baby, I'll probably do that because yeah. I think next baby, if I can have a vaginal birth, I want it to be at a birth center or yeah. at home. So. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's like three years and from now, so it could change. I thought it was gonna be four. No, because I feel bad. I would. I don't want a huge gap between Lennox and his sibling. Yeah. You know, honestly, I would just have one if I could. But like, I feel but bad. But like, you need to. Yeah. He needs. He needs a sibling. I know. God, this is gonna be like in the archives on on the ether for so long. My second child's gonna listen to this. And be like, mom, you didn't want me. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> you only. You only wanted you Lennox. Only wanted one? Oh my god, stop. Just kidding. I love you, sweetheart. You whatever you are. <laughs> God, I please never mind. I'm not. I'm. I'm not gonna talk myself into a hole. All right. Well, I think that's that's it. Do you have anything else to add? No. I, I mean, I just want to reiterate, like, you and I are not like health professionals. We don't have any sort of certificate or like, you know. I am NASM certified, but that doesn't apply to any that's of this. That's true. You, you do have a certificate. Just I not do have the one certificate that would pertain to this situation. Um. But but these are just the things that, like, you and I have tried and, like, our opinions on them and the things that have worked for us and the things that haven't. So I think I think it's – I think it's worth ex- – I encourage everyone to explore the things that make you feel good. And at the end of the day, if it's not making you feel good, I will never advocate for doing it. I also want to add that wellness can be toxic. 100%. And trying to, quote, unquote, be well yeah. can be a toxic – activity if you Uh go about it the wrong way and a lot of our culture does yeah so i did want to say like you know we're not swearing by these things we're not swearing by celery juice or intermittent fasting or working out twice a day like we're not advocating or swearing by these things we're just saying that we have an interest in in longevity and well-being and and self-care and self-growth and these are all things that aid to that like Uh whether or not this is going to help your well-being the things that we've talked about yeah. it, it'll it'll make you grow yeah. you know it'll help you in your self-growth journey right so that's what i think i think you know you don't want to do anything that's going to be limiting or harmful to your mental health but yes. if this is going to be like something that can really stimulate growth or or well-being for you then definitely mm-hmm. do it but also just know that it can be toxic so be careful 100 percent, it can be toxic and like i think there's also just last you know a little note from me I think that I even feel this like a lot of pressure on myself to be well all the time or to feel well. And like this isn't even like I'm not really talking about like physical um, health, even just physical health. I'm talking about like mental everything, you know, like there's this whole new, you know, trend of kind of like toxic positivity. And it's like I work out all the time. I feel great all the time. I'm journaling every day like I'm drinking my match every day and like that's not realistic. And I think you do a really good job on this podcast and in, you know, just your Instagram and your platform, making it known to people that you're a person that sometimes, you know, you can't achieve like maximum wellness every day, whether that's mental, whether that's, you know, spiritual, whether that's physical. So I think that's something really 
important to point out is that like I even feel pressure sometimes to like you know like this won't make me feel good like why am I doing this like drinking is a really good example of that Mm -hmm. but like you know at at some point you also want to just have a good time with your friends and like connect with people on a human level you know it's definitely about not balance but figuring out well I think the the problem is in our culture is we view drinking or things that aren't necessarily good for your internal health mm-hmm. as not a part of wellness. Right. But it, it, it is. They serve other, yeah, you're exactly right. Doing things that, like drinking, for example, that is definitely not good for your health. Right. But can really, if this is, you know, something that you choose, can really benefit you in a social way and just in, improve your right. mental in health sometimes. like, facilitate that social interaction. That is part yeah, of wellness. That is part of your self-care. That is part of, you know, doing things that is going to, you know, because mental health is part of your of right. your wellness practice, too. So if you're going to do something that's maybe not great for your internal physical health, but going to really feed your mental health and right. really be good for you, then do it. And that's what we need to change in our culture is knowing that self-care and wellness isn't something that's extreme. And that's something that I wanted to really go into as well yeah. before we wrap up that's is like, point. if you're not an extreme athlete or you don't have a medical condition that makes you have to be extreme or restrictive in your diet or mm-hmm. your exercise, like what are you doing? Doing an extreme diet or yeah. an extreme exercise program. Like you're an average human being. Totally. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, like seriously. we are all average human beings for the most part. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. We're all, incredibly average yeah (laughs) don't try to be this extreme person if you don't need to be like it's it's really about just doing the things that are gonna make you feel good during the day and night and like that's all that's the extent to wellness totally so to wrap up sam where can people find you on social media uh you can find me at my instagram which is just sam dowd sam d-o-w-d and yeah. We're going to do I'm the YouTube video regardless, but definitely vote and let us know if you guys are interested in it. Yeah. As always, please leave a rating and review for my podcast because it really helps and it really lets people find me and just listen and build this little community. And you can always find me on Instagram, JustMans, or on my blog, JustMans.com. I have not posted in a hot minute, but I'm going to be That'll doing change. that again. And you can find me on YouTube. Just It's just Amanda DeMarco, and look out for that video with Sam and I. Awesome, and thank you so much for having me come on and talk. Thanks this for coming, Sam. Awesome. I loved it. Bye, baby.